Hello and welcome to another episode of Rank Up. This is Michael Hodge. I'm the founder and head instructor of the Global Martial Arts University. In today's episode, I'm going to be presenting something and we're going to answer the question, who are you here to help? So I had a previous episode called Why Were You Born? Or Why Was I Born? And we talked about really aligning ourselves with the reason we're even here. Today, we're going to gain some clarity on who we're here to help and how we're meant to help them. This is very relevant to you if you're a martial arts instructor, if you're a coach of some sort, a teacher, a trainer. So this is the sort of episode you can share with friends and colleagues and coworkers that you know could benefit from this, who they have some sort of deep purpose. They have something they're meant to do in the world, but they're not entirely sure who that should be for and how it should look. So we're going to actually answer those questions and really help you figure that out today. And you might be saying, okay, I already have clarity. Like I'm a martial arts instructor. I teach Taekwondo to kids. Like I know what I'm doing. We're actually going to go even deeper into that and realize that we can have something that really fits our dream life, like a glove, and we can have an impact statement that makes as much impact as possible. So it can go beyond just doing Taekwondo classes. We could be integrating our faith or community action or something else that's relevant and meaningful to us into the lives of our students or our clients or whoever it is that we're working with. And it would be a disservice to us to not do that because we're not living fully into who we are and we're actually not leaning into our strengths and our unique talents. That would be something that would hold you back. Like the famous quote from the Gospel of Thomas, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. That right there is exactly what I'm talking about. So we're definitely going to make sure we're leaning into who we're here to help and how we can best do that. Today's episode is sponsored by the Global Martial Arts University. The Global Martial Arts University is the world's leading online martial arts academy where you can learn Krav Maga, Taekwondo, Shotokan Karate, Bojitsu, and other courses which are coming soon with a full white to black belt curriculum, a supportive community of other students that are training at home along with you, and actual interaction and feedback from a real instructor through messaging, through feedback on your assignments and your exams. If you're ready to learn martial arts and transform your life at home and on a schedule that works for you whenever, wherever, the Global Martial Arts University is the place to be. To kick off today's episode, I'm going to have you answer three questions. If you're driving, just mentally have the answers come to the surface. Think about what it means to you. If you're sitting down somewhere, maybe you can write this down on a piece of paper. And then afterwards, we're going to create an impact statement, which is really a personal mission statement. Now, the first question we're going to answer is, if I could have the life I truly deserve, what would my vision be for my life? I don't want you to hold back at all on this. It's so easy to give ourselves restraints. Like, I know that I do this to myself. Like, okay, you know, you know, just have a happy family and have a home and go on some vacations and, and impact people in their lives. And those are all things, of course, that I enjoy and that I want to do. But you don't have to hold back at all. Like, if your perfect vision for your life or the dream life would be living on a sailboat or living in some house overlooking the Mediterranean Sea and you have people that take care of things for you, I wouldn't say servants, but you have a team of people around you that can make your life 
um, filled with more ease, um, that's not a bad thing. Like you don't have to hold back if that's your dream, for example. Your dream might be to uh, only do martial arts. Like you don't really like having to do the business side, the accounting and the marketing, and you just want to be the teacher. You just want to be able to go on the mat and train because you love it and have other people around you who love it. Like what is that? Like what is your dream life? What does it actually look like? It's important that you give yourself the opportunity to even think or dream about something again. Many of us haven't done this since we were kids. When we were kids, we are like, oh, someday I'd love to become the president or an astronaut or I want to be a scientist or an archaeologist. You don't know how many kids that I have that have been students of mine that say something like become an archaeologist. And now that I've been teaching martial arts for quite some time, I actually see them grow up and they oftentimes they don't end up doing things like this. What happens is societal pressures oh, I need to go to this school and get a degree, and then I need to get a lot of you know, student loan debt, and I need to have this type of house and live near a city and do these sort of things. If those are the things that you truly deeply want to do, then you should, but many people are just asleep, and they're not living into that dream life. They don't think it's possible. They don't think that it can happen. You have to take risks, though. You have to give yourself the opportunity to actually dream. And another uh, exercise that you can do, which is good, is write in the present tense what your life is like one year from now. So whatever day you're listening to this episode, one year from now exactly, write the date out and then write in detail like, I am sipping a glass of wine on my beachfront house in Malibu or whatever it is for you. And then you said, today I... You know, I taught a martial arts class or I trained here with my friend or I went to lunch with my husband or my wife or I played with my kids or I went skiing or like whatever it is that you absolutely love to do, like you can list that in there. And you're going to be more likely, of course, to achieve it and, and develop a life that supports that. So how, how does being a good coach, teacher, martial arts instructor, all these sort of things relate to having that dream life? We want to make sure that we're setting up the type of work that we do in a way that is in alignment with what we truly want. If you don't want to be attached to one particular place, it wouldn't make as much sense to build up a school that has 200, 300 students. Maybe you should be running a special series of seminars where you go around the world and you promote them through videos, social media, and you have people that come and attend your seminars once a month in different locations around the world. Maybe you want to be an, an instructor and that you're doing some sort of online martial arts program and you want to make sure that what you're doing aligns with your dream life is what I'm trying to say here. Now let's gain some clarity on who we are here to help and how we are actually going to do that. The next question is, if I could help anyone, not who I think I should help, but who I most deeply want to, who would I help? The first time I heard this question, you want to know what my answer was? It was everyone. Like, I don't want to discriminate. I don't want to... Just help those who are hungry or just help my local students or just help those who, uh, you know, don't have as much of an education as, and I, as I was privileged to get when I was here in the United States. You know, I wanted to, I want to help everyone. Of course we want to, but we need to pair that back and we need to really choose a group or a type of person or individual that, like an avatar almost that makes the most sense for us with our unique talents and skills and where we're at at this moment in time in our life. 
And what happens is there can be a trickle-down effect, and you're able to help more people. Later on in the episode, I'm going to talk about who we help directly and how that helps others indirectly. And that's very important because sometimes I feel like I'm not making as much of an impact as I could. So I teach a local class with 10, 12 students, let's say, or even 20 students, and we have a great class, and I know that we're, we're going deep, and not only are we training hard, and today, like right before this, the recording of this episode, I taught a kid's class, and it was a stripe test. It was very intense. I had some students that didn't pass the test, but it was, you know, I had that special moment at the end of class where I really just laid it all out. I told them the truth about where we're at standards-wise, how they can actually level up and move forward or kind of give up. It, it's up to them. Like it was a real heart-to-heart almost. So that, that's a deep like in-person interaction that I know over time with my students helps them. But and then it, you know I run the GMAU, which we have students all around the world, and we are making a deep impact. But but I know I have a very deep pers- purpose that's beyond just teaching people how to use martial arts to defend themselves, which of course is great because it gives you a lot of confidence. It empowers you. It allows you to actually save your life or your family's life. If you are in a situation, you're going to be much more prepared to do that. You're physically in better shape. There's so many things that are incredible about martial arts. So I'm not knocking martial arts at all. But what I am saying is that I know that I'm meant to help even more people in a different way than that. And that's not a bad thing. So if you can make a combination of something that you love with something, an even deeper impact, that's what we're going to talk about here in a moment. So yeah, if I could help anyone, who would I help? If you have the answer to that, we'll move on. If I could help them and achieve any results, what would that be? Any results whatsoever. Would it be that I want to help someone lose weight and then become healthy, have a lifestyle that they can actually live with the rest of their life rather than it being some sort of short-term fad? Would I help kids that don't have very much guidance at home or at school and that are not really getting character development education? I mean, they're learning math and they're learning science and they're learning reading, but they're not having someone show them the way to actually treat others. No one's showing them how to have self-discipline and control in a world where We have instant gratification. We can order food on our phone immediately. We can order anything immediately and have it arrive the next day. We can get credit cards and rack up a lot of debt. We can watch 10 episodes of something in a row. We need someone to be a role model to show us the divine qualities or a more elevated way of living. So maybe that's the sort of result you could give your youth students as an example. So think about the type of results that you want. What is the outcome? It's not about how, just how it's happening. So the outcome could be, you know, helping women that were previously abused become more empowered and then even be able to support themselves through starting their own business. The outcome would be self-sustainability, independence, and a lack of fear based upon previous programming. And the way that would actually happen might be through one-on-one coaching sessions, maybe a group Um, a group sort of mastermind that you do with those individuals that you're helping, that are your clients. It could be that you write a book. There are lots of modalities and mediums to getting it done, but we want to consider what the outcome actually is because then we can build everything behind that and we know that it's actually going to lead to the outcome. It's not just like a box or a gift that has no presence inside. It's not like a car or an that doesn't have an engine in it. We need to know what we're doing and why we're doing it. 
Now that I've had you ponder upon these questions, we're going to develop an impact statement or a personal mission statement, if you want to call it that. This is about you. This isn't your business's mission statement. There's a difference. So the basic structure is as a blank, I help blank to achieve blank. So an example could be, I am a world karate, or as a world karate champion, I help train kids ages 5 through 12 to achieve the state of being a champion in martial arts and in life. So you're saying who you are, what's unique about you, a particular skill set that you have, maybe something that you've gone through in the past, a particular unique challenge that you overcame. Who in particular you are helping, the primary focus, your niche, the the, the real reason of your life, rather than it being general, like, oh, I want to help everyone. Let's let's focus it some. And then what are you helping them achieve? Another example could be something like this. I am a woman who has overcome abusive relationships on a mission to empower women to lean into their full potential and eradicating fear through martial arts and lifestyle changes. For example, if you're a martial arts instructor, specifically focusing on women, maybe doing something like Krav Maga or self-defense or a kickboxing class or whatever it might be. Or you could change that to personal training or nutritional coaching or whatever it is that you're focused on at the moment. How does an impact statement even help you? You might be really skeptical and thinking, why does he keep talking about all this junk? I just want to know how to market my martial arts school. I just want to know how to grow my business through Facebook ads and through retargeting and through funnels and all these sort of All those things are good tactics and strategies that you need to learn. But these are the foundations that if you don't put the foundation into place, your house will fall. The impact statement gives you a deep, focused purpose to your everyday life. Again, you actually know why you're doing all of this. Why is a really important question to answer. You're no longer a me too copycat. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken, right? So this one is something I want to point out. You're no longer a me too copycat. You're not just seeing someone else who is successful. Oh, there's this guy over here and he runs a school and he has 250 students and he does it this way. I'm going to copy everything that he does. And then what? It doesn't work for you. Oh, this is something that I saw. I heard in a podcast is exactly how she did this. And she built up a business this way and you start trying some of those things and then, and then you try something else and then you try the flavor of the month strategy. What's happening is you never actually tapped into why you were born. You never really tapped into who exactly you're here to serve and help. And you're just wavering and you're going back and forth and you're waffling in between things that really aren't authentically you and really aren't authentically fitting you like a glove and living out your purpose. And what's great about having an impact statement is you can design a business or just a life in general, but a business especially that dominates a niche, a niche authentically rather than just as a marketing or a business strategy. Like it's real. This is actually who you are. You genuinely care about these people. You genuinely want to help them do these things and you're uniquely prepared to do this because you put in the time and the effort to train yourself. You, you, you went to the events. You went to college or you went through the certifications. You went through the workshop of your life of losing everything, of going bankrupt, of having someone pass away in your family, of going through a chronic pain issue, whatever it might be, right? So you're able to design a business that isn't like anyone else's. And you're not doing it just so that you can market it that way or so like, oh, I've got to separate myself by... 
us wearing purple t-shirts instead of red ones or black ones or something like this. If you have a very specific connection to the color purple and you're able to weave that into your story and it's actually real and authentic, that's absolutely wonderful. But if you're just doing it to on purpose attempt to be different, it's not really going to work as well. I want to give you some more examples. These are unique business examples that actually take the person's personal impact statement and then they're able to create a business that fits that in a way that, again, leans in completely to who they are and who they're trying to help. I actually did a Leaders of Light event last night, which is a group that I run of conscious entrepreneurs and change makers. And two of these examples are actually from two people that came last night, so I'm very proud of that. One of them is... I am a personal trainer who strengthens my clients' bodies and spirits through a faith-based group class. Another example is I am a yoga instructor who uses yoga as a form of spiritual evolution and personal transformation, along with the health and wellness principles. So these particular examples are you know, physical, health, wellness type practices that instead of taking getting away from the truth of yoga for example like yoga is a spiritual practice many people do yoga now only for fitness and you might also subscribe to a particular religious philosophy where you don't think you can do something like yoga or tai chi or something from the east just because you are from this particular strain of christianity or something like that so i don't want to upset you or anything but yoga itself of course was originally a form of spiritual practice and evolution that combines the connection of the mind the body and the spirit and um but what's happening here is that this instructor is leaning into what she knows she's supposed to do. She's literally helping people's body bodies become much healthier and they're they're actually respecting their bodies so they're eating healthier and they're doing things right and they're becoming more aligned with these truths. But she's helping them as well on a personal level of transformation. More examples. I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach who helps business executives get to know themselves in a new way, pushing through thresholds to the next level. I'm a kids martial arts instructor, teaching my students how to be bullyproof, community leaders, and black belt champions in life. So these unique business models allow you to combine multiple loves into one practice, creating something that is a custom fit to your unique purpose and impact statement while transforming those who you are meant to help. Now, please don't take all this too literally. You might absolutely love brewing beer, playing video games, and doing karate. Please don't create a place where it's a dojo that you come in, and you do some karate training, and then you have a couple of brews, and then you play video games. Now, actually... Now, actually, that actually sounds really cool. So you might want to do that if you can get away with it legally, if it's for adults. Uh, but some things don't typically mix well together. But actually, as I gave that example, that doesn't sound awful. But again, of course, you know, drinking beer every time after you work out, not exactly the healthiest lifestyle. But there's nothing wrong with combining things that really have good synergies together, is what I want to point out, uh, such as, again, teaching and spreading your faith, along with uh, like a hobby or a personal practice that you have, such as martial arts or yoga or a type of fitness or a nutritional philosophy or something even like writing, poetry, whatever else that you might be doing. Next, I want to talk about 
impacting people directly and also indirectly. So I mentioned earlier how sometimes I feel a little bit limited. I would say I don't think I would use the word ashamed, but I know that I could reach and help even more people, and I want to more than just my students that are in contact with me. I was like, how can I do that? So back whenever we were forming the Global Martial Arts University originally, I actually created this really nice graphic, which I've never shared with anyone before, except we were meeting with someone who we were considering as a new instructor for the GMAU, a new instructor and partner. And what I did is I showed him this because I wanted to make sure he knew the GMAU is not just about learning martial arts at home. It's not just about you know getting belts and all those sort of things. It's not just about business and money. And in this. Image. What it is? It's a pyramid, and at the very bottom of the pyramid is actually the GMAU instructors and leadership board. At the very bottom, like we're at the bottom, we're not at the very top of the pyramid, sucking everything out of everyone or something. We're at the very bottom, and we want to be the guides, and we want to actually empower everyone else uh, through us, right? But the next part of the pyramid are the Global Martial Arts University students, the students who are training in, in Shotokan Karate or Krav Maga or weapons or all the different styles that we have. And then the, the next above that on the pyramid are the certified instructors. So we have the certified martial arts teacher course. We have the Krav Maga instructor certification. We have the ultimate bow instructor certification. You can become a certified instructor and actually start teaching our courses locally in your own school, right? And then above that is something we actually haven't launched yet, which are is the Global Martial Arts Academy, which is a pro-level membership. These are actual licensed facilities that are a part of our network, which again, we don't actually have in existence at the moment, but it's something that we're working towards. And then you see this pyramid and you're like, okay, that's it. That's the pyramid. And then there's another image. It shows our pyramid and our pyramid is actually under the earth. And there's these rays of light coming from the very tip of the pyramid going into the earth. And it says local students of global martial arts academy schools. So all the students who attend these pro schools that are a part of us, all the students who train with our certified instructors. So we might only have a few thousand students in the GMAU training with us, but if we have a hundred certified instructors and every single certified instructor has at least 100 students, that's 10,000 plus students that are training now that are related to what we're doing. And then all of our pro schools or our academies will have their own local abundance project. That's a requirement that we're going to have them too. And that is positively impacting through good works or actions or uplifting ideas somehow into their local communities. So how many more people in their local communities are they going to be able to help? Now we're getting into the millions. So now I can look back and be like, okay, my purpose is allowing me to have this dramatic shift in consciousness and joy and love and in progress. And I know that answering these initial questions in today's episode... And the previous episode of Why Was I Born was all worth it. It was all worth it because now I'm helping millions of people. Rather than just trying to get by, rather than just trying to make money for myself, rather than doing something selfishly, I'm doing something selflessly. And then paradoxically, I'm actually going to be more well taken care of and be a channel for more abundance because of this. Finally, I have the question of the day. And this is going to be specific for martial arts instructors. The question is, do you fail students? at an exam, such as a stripe test or a belt test? The answer to this is yes, but let me explain. For example, just before I recorded this podcast, I had a stripe test for one of my kids' classes, 
and I actually had half of the class fail, which isn't typical. I only have sometimes maybe one or two students fail a stripe test. But I actually raised the standards, and I told everyone that we're stepping it up. We're stepping up our realistic intensity. We're stepping up our effort, especially if you're a blue belt or above. You have to know everything. I mean, if you make a mistake, and a little mistake's okay, I understand. But if you just don't know it, you're hesitating too much, you didn't practice enough. You're not ready for it yet. And I sent home a review video for them to work on over the weekend. Half the class clearly did that. They looked amazing. They looked a lot better than last week even, and they passed their test, and the others didn't. But what happens is that you do need real standards, and and it's not you failing the students. I'm like, oh, I get to, I failed my student as the teacher. I'm the one who holds the power. No. The students, first of all, failed themselves, but you're also responsible. We're both responsible. We're both 100% responsible. I used to, when I was younger, think that if anyone fails a test, well, obviously I'm in control. I get to fail them or not, but I, I have standards, so I had to fail them. I would always take personal responsibility. Like, Man, I must really suck as an instructor that they don't know this material. We've been working on it over the last few months, and we must not be doing it very well. You should take some responsibility, of course. That's going to help you improve and, and step up your own game as, as an instructor, as a teacher. And then you also need to realize your students need to take some responsibility as well. It's important that we begin to teach, whether they're kids or adults, but with kids especially, it's okay to teach them that you create your own reality. It's okay to teach them that if you don't practice at all and you show up to class with 60% effort, that you don't pass your stripe test. That's how life works. If they're not willing to put in the time and the effort, they're not going to get the reward. The reward isn't getting the stripe on their belt. The reward is not getting the black belt or the different colors of their belt. The reward is the actual growth and improvement that you make through the actual crucible of the training itself, right? And that's as cliche or as, as it sounds. That's just, that's what it is. So I personally like to take the opportunity to, I don't even call it, like in the GMAU, we don't call it fell for our online programs. We call it needs corrections. And the reason we call it needs corrections is that, first of all, failing is only a new opportunity to learn. And there's no reason to be totally negative about it. If you don't pass the exam the first time, you get needs corrections. And you get told by your instructor, this is exactly what you did really well. These are some things you need to work on. And then you have to improve these three things and then work on them and then send in a new video and then we'll grade it. You need to do the same thing if you fail a student. If they don't pass the stripe test, or even a belt test. First, first of all, how almost the way we do our system is we have stripes. We have a test at the end of each month, and they have to pass all three stripe tests, and they have to complete all three of their homework assignments. That gives them six stripes. If they've earned all six stripes, they get to go to a graduation event. Graduation is actually a demonstration of everything that they learned over the previous three or six months, for example, and then they get their new belt awarded to them. I don't personally like doing this big test where Three or six months, it's all been building up to this one test, and it's pass or fail. I like doing more mini tests. But by all means, students can fail their strike tests. Those are actual exams. But if a student doesn't pass, the way you handle it is incredibly important. First of all, you always point out things that they did well so that it's not all negative. Point out something that they did well. And then point out specifically what they can improve on. And then the final section, the final thing to do is... Tell them how they can pass the test. So today it was, first of all, I addressed the whole class because I had a heart-to-heart with everyone. But then specifically, I actually told every student that didn't pass, I said, hey, you know, JC, I really liked on your kickboxing combos today, you were going really fast, you hit really hard. But on your self-defenses, 
you were very hesitant. You clearly didn't have them in your muscle memory. You have to know them. You're a brown belt. You have to be able to do these immediately. So I need you to work on these over the week. Ask your mom. I had sent out an email. There's a video in there to practice with. Practice at least three times for 30 minutes. And then next week, come 20 minutes early. I told them exactly this time we're doing a makeup test. And then they come in and do it. So you tell them something they did well. You tell them exactly what they can improve on and really why they didn't pass. Ideally with the parents as well or just the student individually. But it's good for the parents to be aware of this. And then how they can take their makeup test or the next step. If you leave someone hanging and they walk out the door and they didn't pass, (laughs) I mean, there's a good chance they're going to quit or you're going to totally be knocked down in their mind as uh, you're not going to be at the same level, right? You need to always have a communication when something like that happens. And you can turn it into a very positive thing. Most parents of the kids, for example, we're talking about a kid's class, want you to fail their students when they're not up to standard. When you don't and you just give them the stripe anyway, when you pass them anyway, it shows that you just, you're just giving things away. And that's not why they signed up anyway. That is not why they signed up. So hopefully that gives you some sort of perspective on how I see passing and failing and the importance of holding to your standards and giving the feedback from a place of positivity and love, though. That's by far the most important thing. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I ask that you continue to keep learning, training, and spreading abundance.